We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays, except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void or prohibited. Welcome to the Road of Wire NBA podcast. It is Wednesday, November 23rd. Nick Whalen and DJ Trainer with you as usual. Uh, we were supposed to talk to Aaron McMahon uh, of MLive.com, Pistons beat writer. Uh, plans ended up falling through, as is usually the case, you know, during a holiday weekend, a lot going on, travel and whatnot. So hopefully we'll talk to Aaron uh, maybe later this week or, or early next week for sure. Uh, but we definitely want to get him on the podcast. A lot going on uh, with the Detroit Pistons, both on and off the court, uh, as they announced yesterday that they'll be moving uh, back to downtown Detroit after 20-plus years, I believe, um, in Auburn Hills. So 
Anyway, DJ, uh, as you can probably tell if you're listening, uh, the sound quality might not be quite as good. I am broadcasting live from my parents' kitchen Woo-hoo. in the great town of Wrightstown, Wisconsin. So the acoustics in this kitchen, uh, probably not great. Uh, they were not. This was not built for podcasting, but we'll have to make do. Um, what, what are your Thanksgiving plans? Oh, no, go Yeah, ahead. let me jump in here real quick because we, we need to talk about this just a little bit. Um, one, I'm surprised that that kitchen was not made for podcasting. Like, huge shock to me. And second of all, can you inform the great people of the world uh, what Wrightstown is famous for? Uh, is it famous for anything? I don't know. Um, we have a pretty good high school wrestling program, uh, of which I was by no means a part. Um, that's about it. Uh, but Making I mean, of a any- murder? Is that not all? Oh, making a murder? No, yeah. I mean it's close to that. Oh, yeah, I mean it's not the actual is town? where it took place. No, no, it's about. Yeah, I think the the Avery family. If you're familiar with that that great Netflix documentary, uh, is based in like Manitowoc, and you know I think a lot of it takes place in Hilbert. So like those teams were like in our high school conference, you know, twenty thirty minutes away, but not actually in Wrightstown, thankfully. All right, close enough. Thanksgiving, I'll I'll be heading up uh, to northern Wisconsin too, hanging out with the grandparents. Uh, you're gonna do a big time. It's gonna be a great time. Yeah, yeah. I have to travel to Minnesota tomorrow, so I'm very much looking forward to a relaxing car ride of just listening to a bunch of NBA podcasts and catching up on all that. Uh, as much as I hate days, you know, like Thanksgiving where there's no NBA, uh, it's gonna be nice to just kind of you know take the day off, not think about it, not check scores at night, just worry about. Uh, watching football and eating a bunch of food. And I need to ask you, I mean, this is such a cliche question on on any podcast happening right now, but number one Thanksgiving food. You can only pick one. I'm not even asking you to rank them, just one. If you could only eat one part of a Thanksgiving dinner, what would it be? Turkey. I'm I'm a meat guy. Yeah. (laughs) Turkey's like like off the board for me. That's not even in the top ten. Wow. Uh, Let me try to pick what you – I'm going to say stuffing for you. So that's probably number two. Green bean casserole oh. uh, holds, holds holds and always has held a, a very special place uh, in my heart and in my stomach, and I really can't wait to to get into that tomorrow. But yeah, stuffing's up there. Mashed potatoes are up there. I'm, I'm more of a you know quantity over quality type of guy in a lot of ways. Whereas like yeah, turkey's good, but like I don't want to eat that much turkey. I don't want to get really tired. Um, not that stuffing and mashed potatoes, I guess, make you any any less tired than turkey. <laughs> um, but let's talk NBA. Uh, I was really disappointed to not, there's not really any relevant birthdays today or none that I get too excited about outside of Vin Baker. So we could skip that portion uh, of the podcast kind of you know, coming down on that high note from finding out Monday was Stroh Miles Swift's birthday. Uh, but last night in the NBA, we had four games only. There's 13 games on this Wednesday. And again, the NBA takes Thursday off. Uh, so just about everybody playing tonight. But last night, Knicks over the Blazers. Uh, the Hawks were blown out at home by a Pelicans team that seems to have been suddenly rejuvenated by the return of Drew Holiday. Yeah, and and I'm I'm very surprised. And we we've talked about it a couple of times. I didn't think they were Drew Holiday away from being a 500 team or even like a 600 team is what essentially they've kind of been. Uh, the biggest surprise, though, for me, Nick, maybe not even that they're winning, is that Tim Frazier is still seeing a lot of minutes and he's still producing. I thought that he was just going to fall flat out of the rotation. Rather, uh, he stays in the starting lineup, plays 35 minutes, actually leads the entire team last night, posts 21 points, 14 assists, 3 steals. I mean, this guy still has a lot of value when I thought that he was just going to fall flat out of the rotation. I, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised because – um, I mean, what has facilitated that to happen is that Buddy Heald has basically been the one to fall flat out of the rotation. 
Yeah, and, and Alvin Gentry, I mean, I think we touched on this a little on Monday. Gentry basically came out and said, like, yeah, I mean, Heald's going to be technically in the rotation, but it's going to be more of a hopefully we can get him into the game rather than hopefully we can get him 20 minutes. And then that's been reflected uh, over these last few games. I think he's played six, seven, and eight minutes. So uh, obviously they were not thrilled with with the way that Buddy Heald started the year. I mean, one of the greatest three-point shooters and greatest all-around scorers, really, that we've, that we've ever seen, at least in recent history in college basketball. Uh, hasn't quite translated yet. I think he was shooting something like 24% from three, which obviously isn't going to get it done. But uh, but like you said, yeah, I mean, they brought Drew Holiday off the bench again last night. He was again productive, 15 points, four rebounds, four assists, two steals on a block in 27 minutes. Uh, I mean, at some point he's going to replace Tim Frazier in this lineup, but I think they can also play them both together, right? I mean, Holiday's a bigger body. He's a decent catch-and-shoot guy, and Frazier's a good three-point shooter as well. So I don't think it necessarily hurts them to have two distributors on the floor. No, it didn't. It doesn't at all, and, and it's working for them quite well. It just seemed like he was the obvious guy to go down, but it turns out uh, you know, they're, they're expendable in a couple other places. We'll see what happens when Tyreek Evans comes back, if he comes mm-hmm. back at all. Um, obviously, he's going to lock up a lot of minutes if he does come back. Uh, this Pelicans team has a, has a lot to, to live for, a lot to play for now. I mean, I'm, I'm super surprised. I guess uh, a, a somewhat legitimate question to ask is, can they actually come and contend for an eighth seed uh, in the West? And the Lakers are kind of occupying a spot in the playoffs right now that I didn't expect them to. Big win over the Thunder last night. Thunder, Lakers... Trailblazers, Jazz, and Pelicans. Is that the correct group uh, that we should be talking about for that last seven and eight seed in the playoffs in the West, Nick? Yeah, and I think as we touched on on Monday, the Jazz probably, you know, raise their ceiling at some point once they get healthy, um, you know, and you'd like to think that they would ascend past teams like the Lakers and, and Portland, who's who's kind of underachieved right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think New Orleans is probably in that same tier right now with with Denver, with Sacramento. I mean, they're, they're probably a better team than the Sacramento Kings, right? I think, you know, once New Orleans gets Tyreek Evans back and, you know, if they can get really anything out of Buddy Heald, um, you know, there's a little bit to to add there, but um, I still don't see them as a playoff team. Like I wouldn't pencil them in as like a real contender. Uh, I think they can hang around. I mean, this this last three game sample with Holiday back has been great, but you know they look so so bad without Holiday. You know, it's it's just hard for me to to kind of think that they pulled this complete 180. Yeah, important to mention that Anthony Davis missed a good chunk of this game in the first quarter. He kind of dives into the stands. Suffers a knee contusion, I believe it was on the right on his right knee. He came back into the game. Uh, you know, there's they play Wednesday. It's possible they'll hold him out just to be safe. Um, but I mean, again, if if we could count up uh, the league leaders for contusions over the last four seasons, I think Davis is right up there, number one, uh, bar none. The guy is always right. just bruising his entire body, his lower body. It's just like he cannot stay healthy for more than five days. And I know bruises aren't a really big deal, but you know, game here, game there, I mean, it really adds up over the course of the season when we talk about is this guy going to play even 65 games? Like, Can he ever make it to mm-hmm. that 70-game edge mark? I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's kind of like a peach in a lot of ways, you he's know, just, just always yes. just getting bruised. Anthony, the, the big peach, uh, Davis. Uh, well, the other thing with that, too, is like even if he plays, it's like how many games is he playing where he probably shouldn't be playing or he's at like 80 percent and he's not, you know, giving you a full you know, workload. It's just, you know, if you're talking fantasy, those can be almost as dangerous. You know, it's like, yeah, he played last night, but he only played 19 minutes and he only scored 13 points, only had three rebounds. So. You, know, you can never fault a guy, I guess, for getting hurt, but I mean, it's kind of uncanny at this point just how often he's getting hurt. Um, but anything, everything in the NBA seemed really insignificant last night compared to what happened uh, at one point during this game. 
it was Gucci main night in Atlanta. Uh, as I kind of was shocked, honestly, to find out that every night isn't Gucci main night. Uh, but he was sitting courtside, and they they panned the kiss cam to him and and his his lady friend, uh, and Gucci Mane proposed. He proposed on live jumbotron at an Atlanta Hawks game. Did not get down on one knee. Uh, that was a little bit. That was a little point of contention for me. Although he was wearing basically an all white outfit and probably didn't want to get any scuffs or stains on that. Uh, but she said yes, and Gucci Mane is now taken. I don't know who this Gucci Mane is, Nick. Like you are a resident. Yeah, I don't. I don't really care. I, I don't even take the time to like chastise me for that. He's a pretty big deal. Okay, he's a big deal. Well, you know what? It was like the worst proposal I've ever seen in my life. Like he was tapping her on the shoulder and just kind of shoving the ring in her face. Just like no effort for romanticism whatsoever. Uh, did not like it one bit. However, I will say her left ring finger will be hurting for however long she decides to wear that ring because it is a piece, man. That thing was huge. Right. I think for what he lacked in showmanship, I guess, uh, you know, in actual the actual proposal itself, he made up for in the size of the ring. It was basically like there was like diamonds on the band and everything. Just an incredible ring. Sure. Uh, but I just, you know, Gucci's one of those guys. I know you're not necessarily familiar with him, but like it's just odd. To th- he's like the J.R. Smith of rap in some ways. Like you just wow. can't imagine this guy settling down. Like when J.R. got married last summer, you know, it was kind of those like this can't be true. Like is this some sort of joke? Is this some sort of PR stunt? And it doesn't look to be so. You know, good for Gucci, friend of the program, friend of the Hawks, clearly. Uh, just crazy to imagine that he's tied down. Um, elsewhere in the NBA last night, Jamal Murray had his best game uh, of his NBA career. His young NBA career went for 24 points uh, in the Nuggets victory. This Nuggets team, I don't, I don't think, has really figured things out. I mean, we've talked about how their front court is still a mess. They're, they're trying different lineups seemingly every night. Uh, but Murray's come on of late and, you know, I, I think 24 points off the bench, you know, in 22 minutes. And a lot of those came during a, a red hot stretch. And I think he scored 12 points in like two minutes uh, in the second quarter and was was just kind of heat checking everything and making everything. Uh, but if they can get, you know, this kind of performance and certainly he's not going to put up 24 minutes in tw- or 24 points in 22 minutes every night. But I mean, if Jamal Murray can be a reliable sixth, seventh, eighth man for them. You know, it adds even more depth to one of the deepest teams in the West. There's so much going on here, Nick, and I'm so glad that we talked to Harrison Wind of BSN Denver. Uh, I believe that was in the preseason to to kind of sort some of this out. And he was the first to say, you know, Murray Murray's really good, and he can he can actually handle the ball a little bit. Maybe he'd be stealing some point guard minutes from Moutier down the stretch. It's not it's not unreasonable to think that Murray could actually be a better point guard in the next couple of years than Emmanuel Moutier could be. Um, so you never know how that's going to go. But I mean, things are just a mess for me right now in Denver, Nick. Not only do you have have this Murray versus Moutier versus Barton versus um, you know whoever you want to pick. I mean Malik Beasley is somebody who maybe on another team would be seeing minutes, but now he's not in his rookie season. It's great to see Murray come out. I think maybe what I'm hoping that we're going to find out of this whole situation, Nick, is that because Murray is progressing so nicely, they'll feel all right with parting ways with a couple other people. You know, maybe that's a Gallinari, maybe that's a Barton, maybe that's a Wilson Chandler. I mean, at small forward, it's just as much of a log jam as it is anywhere else in the front court, the back court, wherever you want to pick, where you have Wilson Chandler essentially splitting mitts with Ga- minutes with Gallinari. Both those guys are really good. They could start on other teams. Oh, yeah, Barton should be starting too. I mean, there's just too much going on here, and I'm hoping more than anything, yes, it's great that Murray is, is coming 
coming out and it looks like he could be a legitimate NBA player, I hope that it just sends a signal to the front office in Denver saying, all right, let's thin this thing out because we know we've got a couple pieces that we want to work with for the next five years or so. Not this season, but the next five years or so. So that's what I'm hoping to get out of this. One thing I'll, I'll try to remind everybody out there is, you know, Devin Booker last year, ended up being a phenom, one of the best rookies in the league. But it took a couple months before we even realized that he was going to be that productive in his rookie season, and it took a lot of injuries. Um, so somebody like Jamal Murray, if, if he's not coming on in the first couple months consistently, just wait a little bit. The guys like this, where he was drafted, you know, it might take a couple months. He's not going to come on right away. Um, but it's possible by, by the end of the season, if the front office allows it, where he could be a major producer, um, even though he was not drafted you know, in the top five even. Yeah, I, I think um, you know there's there's that belief that I think Murray might be a better long term prospect than you know not only Moutier who's who's struggled and kind of looked a lot like he has last season, uh, and Gary Harris as well. And the only reason really that Jamal Murray is seeing the role that he is right now is because Gary Harris is hurt. So you know a blessing and a curse I guess in some ways for Denver because I think they had high expectations and rightfully so for Gary Harris, but. It's also giving Jamal Murray a chance and giving the team a chance, you know, to see what exactly they have in him. And and like you said, I mean, depth is kind of a blessing and a curse for this team because I would think ideally they have like seven or eight players if they were fully healthy who they would want to start. And you can't obviously start all those players. The nice thing is, you know, guys like Barton, Gallinari, you know, even even Murray and Chandler, like all those guys can play like two or three positions. So, you know, you can play Gallinari and Chandler together. They they played 37 and 33 minutes respectively. Uh, against Chicago last night so you know there's lines where you can throw Chandler at the you know at the three and Gallinari is a small ball four but then all of a sudden that means you can't have Nurkic and Jokic on the court together and you know Jokic only played 18 minutes last night he's been a big time disappointment as far as you know taking the next step Uh, so yeah I think this team you made the Phoenix comparison with Devin Booker I think these are two similar situations where you just have a lot of really good players a lot of good versatile young players but I don't know that they fit together and I think there's just there's too few spots for too many guys. Yeah, I agree. You know, you talk about a blessing and a curse. In the preseason, we did who has the best bench in the league, who has the worst bench in the league. And I said Denver actually has the bench, best bench in the league. You know, overall as a team, they're not that great. They're not going to make the playoffs. But if you look at this, like, essentially their their backup five it'd be jamal murray will barton wilson chandler uh maybe kenneth reed and then nikola Jokic on there i mean that's like that's just as good as their starting five if not better essentially um when everybody's healthy and so i'm going to view it more as a curse because i think over time and even this season they need to find those guys that they want to have for the next four to five years and have those guys see the majority of minutes it, it's it's time to start you know like giving more minutes to somebody like barton than you would chandler because over the next four or five years, Barton's going to have more value for that team than some of these older guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you got to make that decision sooner than later. Uh, Swaggy P continues his you know kind of dark horse MVP campaign on, last dude. night. Uh, very, very dark horse, um, but uh, a horse nonetheless. Uh, the Lakers beat beat the Thunder at home. Nick Young, I don't know if you've seen the highlight of this yet, DJ. I hope you have. He basically stole a pass that was intended for Lou Williams, took an off-balance, you know, basically the only shot that he and J.R. Smith did. Those are, they're like the only two players who take that shot routinely. Like, you know, fade away, fading left, a couple feet behind the line, splash with five seconds left. Uh, and the Lakers are now 8-7. and seven. The Thunder are now 8-7. and seven. Um, I, the, the Lakers, every time we, we talk about them, we say like, all right, eventually they're going to drop off. They're so young, you know, they're still inexperienced. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, this is a good win. The Thunder aren't 
the Spurs or the Warriors or the Clippers, but you know, this is still, you know, what most people consider to be a playoff team in the West. And this is a game that, you know, the Lakers probably wilt in the fourth quarter and lose last season. And, you know, playing without D'Angelo Russell, they were able to get this done. Yeah. If you want to be a playoff team, these are the types of games that you have to take care of business at home. Let's be honest here. The the Thunder are a bottom half in terms of the top eight in the West. And if you want to make the playoffs, you have to take care of those teams at home. You just have to do it. And that's something they're doing. And because of that, Nick, what I'm ready to say is Luke Walton, coach of the year. Like If if the Lakers make the playoffs, I think that's perhaps a no-brainer. Last year, Terry Stotts. The Trailblazers were a team that was only projected to win like 23 games. They ended up winning like, was it like 46 or verging on 50? Um, When a team is expected uh, to do something and then because of the coach, like we know who the personnel is going to be. It's not that they add a player. Essentially, it's just a coach doing a really good job, a better job than we thought he was going to do. We're talking mm-hmm. about coach of the year, and I think Luke Walton is really highly, highly deserving. I, I think he should be at the top of this list. I'm just so surprised, and I think all of that, sh- all the credit should go to Walton because last year, I mean, they had essentially the same group of guys. I mean, I know Kobe Bryant and, and that whole saga, um, but this team is outperforming. I mean, we could argue that the Timberwolves ha- actually have more talent and more young talent than this Lakers team does, but for whatever reason, the Lakers are outperforming uh, a team like the, the Timberwolves that I think we would probably give the edge to the Timberwolves on just like a, a per-talent or per-individual basis. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Wolves might have like three of the four best assets, you know, if you're comparing those teams right. and certainly the top two. Um, I mean, when you're talking coach of the year, it's a lot like six man of the year uh, in in many years where it's it's kind of like, all right, who who just you know surprised everyone more than who is the best coach. Uh, and last year that wasn't necessarily the case. I mean, Steve Kerr won it. Uh, but two years ago it was Budenholzer when the Hawks, you know, went on their big run and won 60 games. Um, I think like, I think the Warriors are just out of that. Like Kerr can't win it twice in a row. No one's ever won it twice in a row. Um, and otherwise you'd have like Popovich win it every right, year. Pop could like win it every should. year. Exactly. It's just, it's the same in other sports. I mean, Belichick should win it every year in the NFL yeah. and he doesn't, um, you know, pops won twice since, since 2010, so, you know, we'll see. I, I don't think Popovich is going to win it this year either. Basically, it opens the door for this type of situation. You know, Steve Clifford's going to be mentioned if the Hornets keep this up. Um, I think there's there's maybe an argument for Fisdale. You know, if, if the Grizzlies finish like fourth, you know, in the West, even D'Antoni, if the Rockets are, are a third or a fourth seed. Um, but but right now, I mean, I think the front runner has to be Luke Walton. If the Lakers make the playoffs, he's a shoe in. They could even finish like ninth or tenth. And if they're like around 500, uh, I think he'd have a pretty strong case as well. So here's the thing. I know the Lakers are trying to win. They're trying to make the playoffs, but I'm not so certain that I It's uh Nick Young is 31 years old. He's you know, he seems like he's a lot younger than that in in a variety of ways, but he's not. He's 31 years old. This guy has a few more years left where he could help out this core. And really in the long term, I don't think he's going to be part of the solution for the Lakers becoming better. Um I don't know. Obviously, he kind of stole that pass. It's tough. I know you have to teeter between trying to win games and trying to develop players, and I kind of thought the Lakers were in more of the develop players, and in that case, I would much rather have a Brandon Ingram trying to take that shot, a Jordan Clarkson, um, you know, somebody like that taking the shot. I know Nick Young stole it, but I don't know. Where do you feel about, you know, the, like you gain a lot of experience in, in that short situation, mm-hmm. and I almost want to give that experience to, to Brandon Ingram than I would yeah, somebody like I, Nick, Nick Young. I don't I don't really worry about that too much. I think, you know, in the, the past, I think was going to Lou Williams. It was like, you know, yeah, he's, he's just as old, if not older, I think, than, than Nick Young. Right. Um, but no, I mean, it, 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 broader, I think that is a discussion. You know, the Lakers probably went into this year thinking, all right, this is a developmental year. 
we're going to run Ingram out there with Russell and Randall and, you know, just kind of let those guys get their, get their run. And the fact that they're winning games or in the playoff picture, you know, it, it's like, okay, can we afford to play Brandon Ingram 25 minutes? You know, if he's, he's played well, he's been fine, but you know, he's, you know, rookies are typically liabilities in a lot of ways, especially defensively. A lot of rookies will kind of hit a wall, you know, around 50, 60 games, you know, like do that, are they going to be kind of forced to play more Lou Williams and play more Lou Aldang and Timothy Mozgov, you know, if they want to stay in this playoff race, I think at some point they're going to have to choose between, all right, do we actually want to win games and make a run at the state seed or do we want to try to develop these guys? And the nice thing is for the Lakers, you know, all these young guys are in their rotation. You know, it's not like this drastic choice between one or the other. But, you know, in situations like this, as you mentioned, you know, there there is some value to a, to a young player, a first or a second year player, you know, getting the ball in his hands late in the game, even if it maybe gives you, you know, less of a chance of winning than if the ball's in the hands of a veteran like Dang or Lou Williams. So they were down by one point, right? They had plenty of time, a full shot clock and more to get, you know, just even a two-pointer. And here's who they had on the court. They had, obviously, Nick Young. They had Clarkson. They had Williams. They had Ingram. And they had Larry Nance. I'm kind of wondering why Julius Randle wasn't out there in this situation. Again, I think even being on the court, not that the the pass is going to be drawn up for him, I, I I just don't know. I mean, I get. I mean, I guess they're running sets, and those five guys run the best sets. But when you only need a two pointer, I, I just I want to have those guys on the court because I think Julius Randle is going to give you just as much of a chance than Larry mm-hmm. Nance would, or something like that. I, I'm probably putting too much emphasis on this, Nick, and and feel free to tell me that. But I, I'm I'm a little bit inquisitive about the starting five, and all this is to say, like it worked out. I mean, the play that was drawn up worked out, but it just seems like let's get those young guys out there and, and see if they can do that. And I think it creates a lot of uh, cohesion too. Like when you when you're the 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 core is out there doing that, they start to believe in themselves, and the fan base does when that's the core out there. So I think I'm probably reading too much into it, but I, I'm I am a little puzzled by the starting five out there when he only needed a two-pointer to win the game right and well Julius Randle didn't even play in the fourth quarter at all he just had a rough game I mean he six turnovers you know and he's a guy who's prone to to plays like that and Julius Russell was out with injury I should mention of course right so that just throws things out of whack that's that's one perspective of course too yeah, Randall just didn't look like himself. I saw some stat, you know, I was on Twitter watching the end of this game and saw some Lakers writer whose whose name escapes me throughout a stat that, you know, I think it was something like a third of Randall's baskets had been assisted by Russell. So I think he just, you know, he just didn't quite feel like himself with, without Russell out there. So I don't think that, you know, Randall having not played the whole fourth quarter, I don't think they wanted to throw him in with 15 seconds left, um, you know, especially in a night when Larry Nance was playing well off the bench. But yeah, I mean, this Lakers team is going to be fun. I mean, they were going to be fun either way, even if they were like three and 12 right now, I'd still be watching them, but it's kind of fun that they've been able to, to remain fun and be able to keep these young guys in the rotation and actually be competitive. Unlike last season, seven seed in the West right now. And, they, and technically they're tied with the thunder and they should have the tiebreaker over the thunder. I right. guess they've, they've played two games already. Um, so we'll see that matchup twice more. What else do you want to hit on before we get out of here, Nick? Yeah, we'll keep it short. Um, but you know, again, there's, there's 13 games tonight, so there's going to be plenty of action. Uh, unfortunately, or well, I guess fortunately and unfortunately, our beloved Wisconsin Badgers play for the Maui title at, at eight 30 tonight. So I'm going to have to be watching that, uh, in addition to, to the national TV games. And we get, we get Timberwolves and Pelicans on ESPN, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, haven't really seen too much of the Timberwolves outside of league pass. Uh, early game is Spurs at Hornets. Probably not going to be watching a ton of that. Uh, the Spurs, you know, are the Spurs and the Hornets. Are, I just have a hard time watching the Hornets, even though I recognize that they're good and have a lot of fun players. It's, they're just not a very 
They're not, not a very sexy. fun team to watch. They're not. not. Sexy. Um, the uniforms are sexy. Frank Kaminsky, you know, is sexy, but the rest of the rest of that whole whole team just doesn't do it for me. Uh, Blazers, Cavs will be fun. The Cavs haven't played since like Friday. I think they've had a huge layoff, uh, so they should be well rested for that one. Uh, Sixers going for I think their third straight win, right? Yeah, no, they're they're looking pretty good. I mean, the matchup that I'm probably most looking forward to is Lakers Warriors. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I think the Warriors are going to absolutely eviscerate them, right? Well, At they home, didn't, they didn't last after, after after they losing. Didn't. Well, right, I know that's. I think this adds to it. I mean, do you guess? I don't know if you've seen it yet, but guess the line on this game. Uh, it just came out. You know, I, I imagine it's pretty high. I haven't refreshed ESPN since this morning, and the line was not out yet. So, I, I mean, I'll, I'll say two ten. Uh, well, I meant like how much are the Warriors favored to win? Oh, favored to not win two hundred ten. That's a good guess, though. Uh, twelve points, seventeen and a half. Wow, Golden Golden wow. State, I think, is like just kind of in a groove right now, and like it hasn't gotten as much attention maybe as it should. I think losing those first those two games early in the season kind of like doused some of the hype on, on Golden State, and I guess rightfully so. But I mean, they're firing on all cylinders right now. I mean, at least one hundred sixteen points in seven of their last eight uh absolutely annihilated indiana albeit a shorthanded indiana team on monday um i mean they play they play the lakers twice in the next three days and i i think they have a pretty good chance uh you know to do to keep extending this win streak and then they get minnesota and, and atlanta who's struggling a little bit of late okay so i just i just refreshed here and the over under for the game is 228 and a half that's got to that's got to be the highest of the season so far, right? That is really high. I mean, the that lowest really on this slate, uh, I think, is Heat Pistons, and that's 188.5 compared to 228.5. Come on. Like, God. in terms of watchability, that, that's one end of the spectrum and the other end of the spectrum right who, there. Who wins bigger tonight, Golden State over the Lakers or the Clippers at Dallas? Clippers at Dallas. And, and the thing is that DeAndre Jordan going back home to – not not going back home, but going back to Dallas, uh, obviously a little history there. Uh, I believe I saw a stat that he's – he in two games in Dallas last year, he averaged 16 points and 15 and a half rebounds. But most importantly, that Clippers team is so cohesive that they're going to rally around DeAndre Jordan and really put together a good performance because they just want to pound Dallas and the Dallas crowd. It's, it's, it's kind of a like – it's 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 actually awesome that they kind of stick up for each other and they've got the just like rat pack mentality. So I think the Clippers win huge and they just like look to crush the Mavericks. Right. Yeah, Dallas is getting some guys back. Bogut will be back after missing the last game. Dirk is expected to play, but they're still without Harris. They're still without Berea and they're still without Darren Williams. So not a lot of depth uh, in that backcourt. So I mean, I, I think I would pick the the Warriors to win bigger, but I think both teams cruise very very easily. Uh, Nuggets Jazz should be interesting. Uh, again, T- Timberwolves Pelicans as the late game on ESPN will be fun. Um, but you know, it's like I said, with, with with college basketball going on, with this being you know Thanksgiving Eve, it's it's going to be tough to keep an eye on all these games. But uh, should make for a fun night. Yep, looking forward to it, man. All right, yeah, let's wrap this up. Um, are you guys doing a pod on? Yes. Uh, tomorrow or friday for the so, the three amigos the three amigos it will not be the three amigos i will be here on friday but i'll actually be with our good friend in rotowire's own andre snellings we'll be definitely oh, yeah. be breaking down a lot of friday dfs a massive slate i think there's 13 games and i'm i'm super interested to get uh andre's thoughts on just the season as a whole so we'll be talking broader season topics and also diving deep into friday's slate of dfs games really looking forward to it all right sounds good thanks man see you man
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.